Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Juan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frank316.blogspot.com. Uh, all the UFC fights that we talk about are up on the blog the next day. We talk about our talk about anything we're up on Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more than that, but uh, Juan, let's talk about Saturday's UFC show. Saturday's. Um, Andrade uh, won over uh, Limos with this uh, standing arm triangle. And when uh, I thought that Jessica uh, would have trouble with Mandy Link, then it looks like that was what was going to happen. Then she came up with this uh, hold that has never been used in So I. I Surprise! Well, I was surprised at the ending. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I called uh, Jessica and Judge by submission, especially in the first round. But how the ending got set up, it doesn't surprise me because Amanda Lemos, she's a fighter who relies on her power and her physicality to dictate the terms of a fight. When she's gotten tired or when somebody's been able to match her, her issues her limitations become obvious. And one of those limitations is she moves in and out on straight lines when pressured or when she's attacking. Jessica Andrade, she hit her. And usually when you hit somebody, she kicks somebody, touches somebody, they back off. They give her some space because they feel the power. They're shocked. They're, they're a little hesitant. They get careful. Andrade just kept pushing towards her. She ended up right back against the fence. And that's where she ended up in the position where she got finished. Now, I have to applaud Andrade for that that move, I mean, just thinking on the fly is being creative. It's something you would well, expect from her. She said afterward that that's not the case. Okay, she said that uh, the whole the whole thing was Gaylord Piranha's idea. Mm-hmm. That he felt that um, um, you know she, you know she knew he she knew that that Amanda and the her coaches, the Alcatara brothers. They had scouted her. So mm-hmm. he wanted to give her something that she wouldn't know about. So it was a big surprise. There, there was just nothing wrong with it. I mean, it worked. She can't do it again. <laughs> oh, ready oh for yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, they, they, they did surprise her. But it, and, and I'm just going by, they, if they're in fairly intelligent people, then they know that part of that surprise is being that you know you can get Amanda Lemos into certain positions. You can back her up against the cage. That's been shown routinely. If she if yeah, she had but, better but footwork she, and she could and she could cut angles, that that opportunity never comes because she, she can. What, what she's saying is it's something that they worked on. That specific. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. And that might be true. I don't know if I believe it. But if it is, that's genius. But like I said, the real genius comes in that they were smart enough to understand her limitations and because. You can know the right move. To, like it's usually saying somebody like you take somebody down, they're susceptible to arm bars, but you have to take them down first. So the question is, do you understand that they're susceptible to single legs or double legs? You think they're only susceptible to single legs. They're better defending double legs. You keep shooting double legs. You never get to the point you want to get to. So her team at least knew she has a she has an issue. She's a bully. She has to come forward. And when you pressure her, she backs straight up. They, they set up the situation for that submission to be the difference. And that that's very smart. I've never thought her Jessica's team was great technically, but I've always thought they were very good strategically in putting her in position to take advantage of her physical tools. That's the one thing I've always given them credit for. 
as far as Lemos, this isn't a bad loss because she wasn't beaten up and she wasn't broken, but it's it's bad because Jessica Andrade has never been a submission type person like that, and you got finished by her and won rounds. So a lot. No, of, a you lot know, of- before she came to the UFC, Juan, she mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of uh, guillotines as a submission. So I've seen her do it. Yeah, I, it just like if there would have been a ba- action packed back and forth brawl. Then it's one of those situations where, even though she would get beat up, her stock would rise because she's exciting. This was a very uneventful fight and a ultimately quick one. So it's like it doesn't do it doesn't give her the the it doesn't give her the rub of have been in a firefight that everybody got to their feet in the fight of the night. It, it kind of takes a little bit away from Lemos. It gives and it gives Andrade a, a fresh new perspective as how people see her now because now people are like, what else can she do? Well, she's probably going to get a title shot out of this one. Yeah. And deservedly so. I can't even blame her. Yeah. And, and okay. I, I, she, even though she's never been a dominant champion, you have to consider her for the UFC Hall of Fame. She's she's oh, competed yeah. in three different weight classes. She was elite in two of them. I mean, she's she's one of the best female fighters of her time, regardless of a long title reign or not. I, I don't think there's any question about that anymore. The only thing I want to say about it, Sean, I wish that Piranha's other fighters were close to that because they're not. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. All right. Okay. Now, the other fight on here, we had Macy Barber uh, beat uh, Montana De La Rosa by unanimous decision. And the one thing I will say right off the top is I thought it was a lot better fight than she did in her last fight. And uh, she gave a lot of the credit uh, to Danny Castillo over at Team Alpha Male. Uh, one of the one of the coaches there. See, so apparently she's really meshing well with him. Okay, so maybe that'll turn her into a contender. We'll we'll wait and see about that. Uh, but I look at she used her strength. Okay, because that's her that's her big thing. Okay, and we saw that with Montana is she's lacking in that area. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say that Team Alpha Male Team Alpha Male has really good sparring. They have really good guys. So you're constantly faced with people of comparable or better athleticism and strength. So you, when you have confidence in your athletic ability, it's real confidence because you're facing other top tier athletes. Um, another thing they do great is they play to people's strengths. They know how to, they know how, they know how to maximize attribute fighters um, as far as not really technically, but strategically. Uh, Uriah Faber's style works because of his speed and his mobility, not because he's such a great technician is on the feet and everything, they knew he had huge advantages as far as speed, timing, mobility, and they used that to make him very effective on the feet, even though he was never super technical. Um, it's the same thing with Macy. They're using her strength and her physicality and making her a clinch fighter where she can back people up, tie them up and wear them down and bully them. The problem with Macy Barber is this. She's still, and it's a problem she had since she got in the UFC, she's terrible with distance management. She doesn't know how to manage it, whether how to close it. She doesn't know how to really extend it. Her footwork is really basic and her ability to set up her strikes is ultimately just terrible. She, she can't really get anything going when she'll land, when she's in a clinch, she'll land knees, she'll land elbows, but from long range to mid range, she's, she basically has nothing. And if Montana De La Rosa had a, had a consistent jab and even decent footwork and a right, she doesn't, if she had any of those things, Macy Barber is never able to get the position she needs to. The, 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 this didn't tell me anything new about Macy Barber. This just told me Montana De La Rosa is, A, 
not a good enough athlete to be underskilled, and two, not skilled enough to be an uh, uh, underdeveloped athlete. She's got some talent, but she she hasn't she she's just too weak in too many areas. Her defense is suspect. She has no long range weapons, and she doesn't know how to fight it. She doesn't know how to fight at mid range. If she had mid range boxing game, Macy Barber would have got chipped up. If she had a jab, Macy Barber would have got chipped up. But she had none of, none of the tools to expose Macy Barber. The book's out on Macy Barber, but all these fighters lack the tools and the athleticism to to expose her. So she'll she, it's easy for her to go on a three or four fight win streak. When she starts facing the better girls, though, it's going to be the same problem. She can't gauge distance. Her defense is suspect, and she doesn't know how to set up her strike. Well, I will see if uh, um, you know Castillo can make some improvements in that direction because I, 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 I like saw some improve. I saw some. Yeah. I saw I saw improvement, but I didn't see improvement in the in the in those in those areas. I mean, she she could still she'd still beat up JJ Aldridge. JJ Aldridge would still light her up on the way to beating JJ Aldridge up. She could beat Alexa Grasso, but Alexa Grasso is still going to outbox her. She she could beat her, but she's still going to get outboxed. She hasn't addressed that. And Team Alpha Male, they're not real precise with with footwork and defense and counters and leads. They're not. That's been something that's been a hole in their game for the entirety of their, their whole camp. None of their guys is top high-end strikers. They're all attribute strikers with a functional understanding of technique. All right, so let's go on to Saturday's show. There's just one women's fight on the show, and it's a real dog. It's uh, in the early prelims. It is um, – um, what the hell's her name again? Uh, Shanna Young. Uh I can't remember the other girl's name now. Uh, uh, it's going to be Jimmy Sorry? Mazzani. You mean that again? Gina Mazzani. Oh, yeah, Gina Mazzani. Gina Mazzani. I just forgot her name. So this is a terrible fight. Neither of these fighters should be in the UFC. See, in fact, if I'm wrong, I don't think I am, this is Gina's third go-round with the UFC. Okay? Yeah. This is Gina's yeah. third go around the UFC. She's an awful fighter, Sean. Um, yeah. And and um, well, where is she training now? She's married to Tim Elliott, so she's moved to his hometown of Kansas City, and so she's training at Glory with uh, James Krause. It hasn't done her any good, you know. She still can't fight with Dam. Shanna Young is just as bad. She's uh, at uh, Knoxville, the same gym as uh, uh, Ovin St. True. Okay, OSP. So she's another one who got into the, both of them, uh, you know, they needed, I guess they needed a fight at short notice. So they both, uh, Gina got back into the UFC. This is their third go round, man. She was released after her last fight. Okay, and now she's back. And uh, it's just because they need fighters on short notice sometimes. So she's ready to go. So, but I don't think much of the fight. I don't care who wins. I don't think either of them should be in the UFC. That's it. Well, I'll just put it like this. Mazan, her biggest calling card is she's tough. She's physical. What never happened is she, because I think she does multiple things. I think she never dedicated herself to her skill set so she could build a skill set around her physicality and her strength. Even at Bantamweight, she's st- still one of the more physical, tougher girls. She just never really, she just never developed an in-between. And that's what kind of ended her. Shanna Young, she's actually got some tools at karate stance. She's got decent striking. She moves well. She, she's not even really bad on the ground. The problem with her 
she's an average yeah. athlete at best and she doesn't have any physicality in her fights when she hits girls i think she fights like somebody who when sparring when she spars people she hits them and they either get knocked down or they back up because of her power and they have a hard time keeping up with her because of her speed and her accuracy but that's people in her camp and i've said this about her camp before i don't level of sparring necessary to prepare you for ufc level competition osp has been an example of that so when she hits these girls in the ufc and they don't back up she's she doesn't know how to operate when someone takes away her space. She doesn't know how to operate when something would get her in her position. She knows the technical moves to improve position, but she doesn't have the physicality because that's the part nobody tells you about. Your technique can be perfect, but if you lack athleticism and physicality, you can't execute the technique. So she knows the technique. She knows what she's supposed to be doing. Athleticism and physicality to execute. So even though Mazzani is very limited as a fighter, I have to assume she's made some progress and <laughs> I don't, I don't think that Shannon Young does. Mazzani's still tougher, especially at this weight class. She's tougher. She's even more physical. She hits harder, and she takes a better shot to win this fight. It should be a close fight. It'll probably be entertaining and sloppy, but I would have to go with Mazzani, not because she's a better skill fighter, but just because she's got she's got a partner. She's got a better camp, and she's, phys- she's more physical, and she's probably a better athlete. Okay. My, who do I think will win this fight? Mike, answer is the answer I always have with this kind of fight. I don't care. They're well, both I'll say this. Lousy the fans fighters. will not be the winner of this fight. They're both lousy fighters, so I don't care. All right. Now, Bellator had a big weekend there in Hawaii, so we want to talk about that a little bit. First of all, on Friday night, uh, they had um, Liz Carmouche won the uh, flyweight championship from Juliana Velasquez. Velasquez. And that that was by um, TKO at the end of round four. An awful, awful stoppage. Holy mackerel. What the hell was that, Sean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't completely surprised for the simple fact of the matter is Carmouche is a veteran. She's very physical. She's still one of the better athletes. And she's faced every type of fighter. She's faced every level of opponent. She knows how to navigate spots. She knows how to stay stay in a fight and hang into a fight. And and I said she would have moments. Ultimately, I don't know it was the best stoppage, but it, I don't think Juliana was close to being out. I don't think she was no. going to tap. But I, for, you know what? It, you know, listen, listen, listen. You know what? She wasn't defending. In the immediate moment, she was just taking shots. Yeah, because it was right at the end of the round. You know what? It all it does is set up a rematch. Yeah, I mean it does, and and it has some interest now. And Bellator needs interest. Another clean win by Juliana. I'm not saying it was a, a scam, but another clean win by Juliana. You run out of contenders. Now you have a legitimate, interesting fight because now people think yeah. she was wrong. I'm not saying that's what they did. The, here's the story. This is the story that I saw online. I don't know how true it is. Supposedly. After the fight, somebody in Juliana's camp went up to Mike Beltran and told him to watch the replay on the big screen. And when he saw the replay, he went back to him and said, oh, geez, I fucked up. And it's happening to him a lot lately, Schwann. Yeah, well, he no, you know, I know I, I, I know we always say it's good for uh, for fight for for uh 
referees to admit they're doing wrong. But sometimes I'm like, what's the point of admitting you're doing wrong? That's not going to do anything except they're not going to change the call. The fighters camp isn't going to feel any better. The decisions with the decision. It's like you might as well just stick to your guns. Showing character ain't fixing nothing, to be quite honest. He didn't do it publicly. Oh, well, he should. I mean, you shouldn't. No offense. What does it do? Now they're ticked off. The other camp feels like you robbed them because you're dismissing their win. What's the point? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, all it really does is set up a rematch. Yeah, it it sets up a rematch, but it also sets up a fight with some a storyline that could possibly have some interest. Now, on Saturday, so I just want to give a little uh, clarification on Saturday. I I could have watched those Saturday shows live on YouTube, but I didn't want to stay up. Till two o'clock in the morning to watch Chris Cyborg beat up some schlub. So I decided to watch the fights the next two fight appropriate fights the next day, which I did. They're on YouTube, anybody. So uh, we had Chris Cyborg go to beat uh, Arlene Blenko by unanimous decision. Come on, man. She should have finished during the first round, but she made a mistake with the. Uh, the um, legal knee, and she lost the point. But other than that, she won the fight pretty easily. I don't like the patient Cyborg, Schwan. Um, Cyborg, just she's making a transition. She's obviously getting older. I still think she's one of the more durable fighters, but she, ever since the Nunes went, the, Nun- the Nunes lost, she's careful because but essentially she could have lost the Nunes anyways, but she lost the fight to Nunes when she got caught big. Instead of sticking, sticking to her jab and boxing, she tried to exchange. Now, Blinkow probably can't repeat what Nunes did to her, but Cyborg's no. not taking any chances. And the fact that Cyborg yeah. strike her, even though she's not getting finishes, people get to see her work and see her technique. And they're like, look at the beating she's putting on her. So even though it goes around, it makes Cyborg look like more of a... And even though Blinkow's yeah. getting dominated, people keep giving her props for basically walking through all these, these bombs. Because at one point, Cyborg had her their right hand and she fell over like she got shot in the head but she she tried to stay in the fight she fought as hard as she could but she was outclassed as an athlete out strategist outclassed as a technician and it, it i i like watching it seeing the technique and the strategy but it wasn't a competitive fight by any means listen i'm glad i didn't stay up and watch it because i would have been really pissed off sitting up that late to watch that kind of garbage okay schwan I'm not interested in her technique. It comes to a fight like that where she's facing somebody that clearly has no business being in the same arena with her, I want to see it in quickly. It's as simple as that. I get it. But, you know, like I said, she's. I think she's going to make a transition and she really understands she's not going to be able to get by just on her physical. She's got to get that uh, skill set up. So the question is, Sean, is she going to resign with Bellator? It doesn't sound like she's going to do that immediately. She's already talking no, I, about I think going to want, yeah, there's, there's much. She's got a name. She's got a brand. And like I told you, women's boxing is really shallow. She can go in there and win a title. There's some girls who are lifelong boxers who aren't better athletes than her. They don't hit harder than her, and they don't have better skill than her. They, she can actually go in there and win. And if she wins, and Clarissa Shields wins, and her and her good friend are going to have a big money event fight for. MMA versus boxing, except now Chris Cyborg could say, I have a legitimate boxing title, so I'm not like these fraud guys doing it. I went into boxing, I got titles, and now I'm challenging a boxer. So there'll be a little bit more legitimacy to it, 
and Showtime will push it, and it might. I might add that Scott Coker has said that even if she resigns, he's open to her doing boxing as well. He also said that he has not heard from uh, PFL regards to Kayla Harrison. He's never going to. I tend to agree with you. Um, did we talk about the uh, Kish fight? We're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about that in a second. I, I, again, I, I watched these the next day on YouTube, uh, but uh, Justine Kish beat um, Elena May McFarland by unanimous decision. And the first thing I'll say, was it an upset? I guess so. But I thought it was an awful fight. Neither of them were any good. And especially Elena May McFarland, who before was a lot better. And I think we, we talked about this last week. Does she really want to be a fighter anymore? And she talked about that where she had problems with her knee and stuff like that. Yeah. She should think about it again because she looked like crap in this fight. My whole thing, my whole thing, even I, I, I that's not my place. I, I don't know what's going on with her. I never really know. No, that's my, what my, she said. That's what she said. My my big concern is is simply this. Um, I, I I never thought she was solely. I thought she's one of those people. It's like other sports. People don't people don't apply this to 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 fighters, but it applies the same thing to fighters that it does in boxing, um, basketball. There's people who are so good at a sport that even though they're not in love with it, they're able to get to high levels. Uh, Sean Porter saying that he goes i never was really in love with sport my dad was in love with it i just happened to be good at it and i got to win multiple titles and i made a lot of money so it worked out for me but i was never in love with it i don't think alima mcfarland is truly in love with it i think she likes she liked the competition at one point but she doesn't like the fame she doesn't like the pressure she likes making a difference and being an example and maybe even icon in her country in her state but she doesn't she doesn't really want the pressures of being a world-class fighter i think she just wanted to challenge herself and see how far she could go she's a good athlete she's very skilled but ultimately Kish didn't do anything technically to beat her. Kish is just yeah. a big, strong, aggressive girl. Kish just outworked her. She bullied her. Instead of trying to get back up, Elima and working for submission, she was never going to get. She didn't want to get back on the, in my opinion, she didn't want to get back on the feet and, and, and go shot for shot with Kish. Even if she won that. She took an easier way out of the fight, and she can tell me that Kish held her down. There's some strength. There's some truth to that. But Elima Lay is a very good grappler. Kish isn't that good a grappler or that good a wrestler where she's just controlling people for an entire round. She couldn't control Felice Herrick for an entire round. I don't believe she can control Alimale McFarlane unless Alimale McFarlane did not want to take chances and did not want to force the fight into ranges where she could dominate. And to me, she didn't want to. I can't say that for a fact, but it didn't seem like the way she should have. Kish just wanted it more. I don't Kish think she wanted Kish just wanted it more. Schwan, I think she should have retired. I don't think she wants to be a fighter anymore. And that's the thing. Well, she has to show me that she wants to be a fighter. I don't think she does. Yeah, and there's no shame in that. She she became a world champion. She's a top ranked fighter. At one point, she was considered UFC level in her in her division. But if if it's not interested to you, if you're you're not going to put the best effort out forward, then just step to the side, let other people make their money, and let them go out there. There's no need to tarnish your legacy with halfway performances because it's not what you're really into. It's a way. It's a waste of time. You're stealing money from Bellator, and you're taking away. The, 
the success from the person who beat you because everybody's going to be like, well, she didn't really want to be in there. Well, if you don't want to be in there, don't be in there. Don't undercut the person's success, which you're, I was, that doesn't do any good, man. Okay. Before we finish up here, um, there's a big women's boxing match on Saturday and I want you to talk about it, Sean. I don't watch boxing, so uh, I'm not going to watch it. Um, it's going to be the biggest female fight between the best females, uh, Serrano versus Taylor. Taylor's a Olympic gold medalist, undefeated fighter, multiple world champion. Serrano was never a gold medalist, but she's been fighting, I don't know, like 10, 12 years. Multiple, I think she's a five-time boxing champion. So it's really, as far as most people are concerned, the most even matchup in women's boxing who've got extensive experience, extensive resumes, one amateur, one as an amateur and a pro, one mostly as a pro, but people who fought every side of style, fought at multiple weight classes, fought a broad range of levels of fighters, and they're getting to fight each other. In women's boxing, you rarely see even fights. Even if you have a girl who's got a lot of accomplishments, they've had those accomplishments against second, third, fourth-tier fighters. You very, very rarely get people of comparable athleticism, comparable skill, and comparable physical ability. Rarely. This is one of the few times you're going to have that, and you have to ask yourself who's going to win because both girls are skilled enough and technical enough to take things away from one another, which in most fights, one girl's tough, one girl's skilled. One girl's fast and tough, one girl's skilled. It's, it's always dramatically uneven in the fights as far as the skill and the strategy. Um, I'm favoring Serrano. I personally think that her and her work rate, I really think it's gonna it's gonna break it's gonna break Katie Taylor down. T- Katie Taylor is still a very good boxer. She's defensively sound. She's offensively, but she's not used to having to work at a pace. And Serrano's fought multiple weight classes. She, if there was money, if she, she could, make, I think she fights in five weight classes, but she couldn't. So she was forced to fight bigger, stronger, more physical opponents. So she's just used to that kind of thing. I, I think I, ultimately her physicality. And her body attack is what's going to take um, Michaela out of this. Michaela is a sharp counterpuncher. She's sharp on the leads, but she likes it. But she doesn't like it to the body. And she doesn't like when she's pressured. And even though Serrano is not going to just be able to overwhelm her because early in the fight, Taylor's going to be moving. She's going to be sticking her jab. She's going to be taking angles. She's going to be attacking multiple levels. I don't think she hits hard enough to dissuade Serrano. And Serrano, given the she's had and the fact she's had to face some pretty rugged fighters i don't think i think she can keep a pace i think she can wear her down and i ultimately think she can take the fight over that's why she was talking about i want to have three minute rounds because she wants she wants maximum amount of time to make taylor feel that pace make her feel her make her take those shots to the body because she knows that she's going to wear down taylor doesn't want that because she's like i think i can get around her for two minutes i can get around her i can duck i can counter i can leave and I can extend her for two minutes and I can navigate myself enough that when she comes on late in the rounds, I'll still have something left. If it's three minutes, I don't think Taylor thinks she can make it through the fight. So it's clear that Serrano's going to push a pace. Serrano's going to try to use volume. Serrano's going to use physicality and touch the body and try to make Taylor work more than she wants to work. She doesn't work at. Taylor's going to try to fight in spots and slow the fight down and make it more technical and more strategical that allows her to flash some of her Olympic level skills and control the engagement. But if it gets into a firefight and we're talking about extensive exchanges and it fights and it's a fight at pace, I, I don't see how Serrano wins it. Serrano 
has a chance to win it fighting the way Taylor wants. But Taylor, in my opinion, has no chance of winning the fight if she fights at the pace in the in the range that Serrano wants. So Serrano has better at options of winning both fights because she could win either way. I think Taylor only wins one way. Okay, can we give proper credit to Jake Paul for putting this together when other promoters don't do it? Uh, yeah, Jake Paul, I, I I'll say this. A lot of people hate on him, and I, and I wrote an article about this, actually, MMA ratings. I, the fact of the matter is you have De La Hoya, you have Floyd Mayweather, you have Canelo, you have all these guys with big names in the sport who'd say they're bosses, they're changing the sport, they're all for fighter rights, but the only fighters they help are male fighters. The only person who's really putting his money where his mouth is and making sure that women are dollar because there's other women on this card who are going to be getting paid career highs to fight mm-hmm. is Jake Paul. Floyd Mayweather could have done this. Why didn't he? Didn't want to. Canelo could Why didn't he? Didn't want to. A lot of fighters could have done this. Oscar De La Hoya could have put all this money into somebody, but he didn't want to. They want an immediate return. Jake Paul will lose money to set this fight. Jake Paul has been an advocate for all fighters, but in, for women's boxing, he, he's basically going to go down in history as one of, one of the best things ever because he's if this if this car is good, he's opened the floodgates. And we have to give credit to the to Eddie Hearn and the Zone because they're the only major platform regularly putting on high level women's fights female fighters it's the only one check check the records okay Schwan, anything else you want to talk about or is that it that's about it sir okay again don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com i put the uh saturday's ufc fights up the next day on my blog if you have any questions or comments for my blog or my podcast you can leave it on the anchor's voicemail if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast you can do so at google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and spotify enjoy the fights well